This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We've got another Jennifer on the NDE menu for today. In her experience, Jennifer as an 11-year-old is involved in a car wreck where she finds herself in heaven, talking with Jesus. She is told that she needs to go back to help the person she was driving with, as he would not make it otherwise. After much whining and saying no, Jennifer agrees to go back. Throughout the next 40-plus years, Jennifer bears witness to many other people's NDEs, including those of her friends and family. Please be warned that this experience is a bit graphic. I felt that I had returned home, and I thought, Thank God I am back. I knew I was right. I just knew I was from heaven. I was then communicating with the most beautiful spiritual being, and I felt that I was in the presence of the Spirit. It only allowed me to see it from the right-hand side and from over my right shoulder. I believe it to be the Spirit of Christ that I met and who talked with me. It was too perfect to be any other. He then said to me, I am sorry, but you must return. I was immediately angered by this, and I was not willing to agree. I said, no, you do not understand how much pain is down there and how hard it is to live there. No way am I going back there, never, no way. The warmth of the light is the best feeling ever that any child or adult could ever experience. No substance or fix on this earth, such as extreme activities or anything else that you can imagine, will ever feel that good. When you feel it around you, it is perfect. This is what I was experiencing. I was also able to fly, and I flew up into the heavens. I do not remember just how I knew, but I just knew that this was me. I could still see and think that this is me. Yet I was shown my body below, in the plane in which I knew there is a line between here and there. I could see my limp and lifeless body was thrown over the driver of the car. I was asked, how about now? Do you see now that you must go back? And I said, no, you know I am not happy down there, and you know this is my prayer. My one dream answered. I have been begging to come back here, home, ever since I left to go down there. I can't stand it, and I am not going back. Then the voice says to me, Jennifer, you must go back and help. And I said, no. Then the voice said that his nose is cut off his face and you will need to go back and help him. He is bleeding to death. I said, no, let somebody else do it. He will be fine without my help. I do not want to go back down there. Then the voice said, I will tell you what to do. You take off his shirt after you pick up his nose off the floorboard of the car. It will be next to your feet. Place his nose on his face and press it down to stop the bleeding. It's just blood, so do not be afraid. I am with you as always. I knew I was never alone, from as far back as a child I could remember. So then the voice said, Jennifer, you will begin to walk him up the right side of the road, and a car will come. Tell the man to take you to the nearest hospital. Keeping the man calm, go to the ECM hospital where you were born. You know the way, and everything will be all right. You must do this. 
Do you understand? I said. No, I will not go back down there. No, no, no. Then the voice says, You must think about your mother. Think what your death would do to her, Jennifer. No, I said. I don't care. I know you love her and she will be fine. There is no way I am going back. Then I said, Oh, darn. Okay, I will reluctantly agree. But damn it, it's so unfair. But you know me, I will go for you. If you really must send me back, I will go for you. Yes, okay, I will do what you have instructed me to do because I love you. And I will be with you again someday, however. I won't forget this. Swoosh, I am back in my body. I raise myself up and look around, seeing how perfect my body still was. I checked myself out and said, Okay, I like it. Nothing damaged here. Now on with my work. Oh yeah, I remember what you last said before I was sucked back into my body. You said I had to come back because I still had work to do down here. I am not finished yet. Okay. Now where is this poor guy's nose? Oh yeah. First I've got to get him out of that shirt. And it's okay, my friend. I'm going to lift and carry you up this road. I needed your shirt to hold to your face. No, do not panic. I know what I am doing. Trust me. I have you. And everything is under control. Trust me. I know God and Jesus. And we have got you a ride. He is pulling up now. Just remain still and calm while I get this poor man who looks afraid to take us to ECM Hospital. We are only ten minutes away. I promise you everything will be okay. I said to the man giving us a ride, Look, mister, please, just keep your eyes on the road, at least until we all get to the hospital. And he stuttered, Little girl, hey, hey, he's bleeding, and he is dying in my car. He was crying, and the man driving the car that stopped to help us is afraid and clearly freaking out completely. So I will just keep talking to both of them, keeping them assured and calm, telling them that all will be well if we follow my instructions. I said, please, I know what I am doing. Which now I am sure did seem strange coming from a calm and in-control 11-year-old female who had no CPR training or experience in these matters. Yet I did, if you know what I mean, just another day in paradise, right? The emergency room doctors successfully attached the nose perfectly into place, then grafted skin from his hip. And this guy heals up perfectly with barely a scratch left to notice. So then the emergency room doctor is asking my mom, where did your daughter receive her awesome CPR training, and how did she know exactly what to do at her young age? My mother just shook her head and said, she has no experience of any kind. The doctor then said, well, I placed two stitches into the top of her head, she may have a tiny cut, but nothing to fear. So just watch her for the next 24 hours. Keep her awake tonight, and watch her in case she has a concussion. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. He then said, I am a medical doctor, and I cannot explain what kind of miracle I just witnessed in this emergency room today, especially the things that came out of your little girl's mouth, and the way she saved this guy's life and calmed everyone around her. It's amazing. Just amazing. I went home and said to God and Jesus, too, I was sorry for being so selfish and to please forgive me. 
I will do better while I am down here because I know you guys are always with me. And you have always been with me. And I will never die or be alone, here or there. I was thankful for the experience, yet I still felt homesick and lonely. As I had always been before the car wreck, which happened for no reason on a clear, beautiful, sunny day. With no one else in sight for miles, we just drove across the road and into a telephone pole. Then at the age of about 30, I met my dad's brother in a local pharmacy where I was working at the time. After he had just been pronounced dead, where else? But ECM Hospital? The same hospital where I was born, and where I took the guy from the car wreck after my NDE. My uncle was excited and seemed eager to share his story with the pharmacist. I was then employed under his name, it was Jason. I had no contact with this uncle until I met him in the pharmacy that day. I was working my way through college, and I was also writing all of the term papers that I was allowed, on ESP and NDE. My life has been so affected by both of these special gifts, so I walked over and asked Jason, Can you tell me about your NDE for a paper I am working on for college? He agreed to do that. He said that he woke up in the morgue 15 minutes after being pronounced dead, and that he had come back after being allowed to, from the other side from heaven, to apologize to his family for not being a better person to them. But he said that he loved it there, and he said he couldn't wait to go back. He remembered how he could fly and how all of his dreams came true there. He said that it was awesome, and I said, yeah, I know. He said that he planned to go back in about three months. In three months, he died again, this time staying that way. Then a second customer a longtime friend and a customer of the pharmacy comes into the store one day with pretty much the same story. So I asked him to share his experience, and he too had returned to make it up to his wife and son because he was not very nice to them. But while he was dead, he said that he flew across his dream farm and land. Both of these men had spoken of the beautiful green grass over there and the awesome feelings that were so good that no human could ever describe them. This man's name was Jack, and my dad, funny enough, also had another brother whose first name was Jack. Now, Jack told me that he loved heaven, and that he also loved flying, and that he wanted to return as soon as possible, and in about three months, he would go. So he too died three months later and stayed on the other side. I bet he is enjoying his flying and his perfect farmland. When I was in college in my late thirties, I hired a tutor to help me with my algebra, and we become close friends very quickly. We spent a great deal of time together, yet we were never physically involved, but we were as close as two people could get. I called it a spiritual love. I vowed never to allow our time as friends to become anything else, and Joe agreed. Joe was the twin brother of one of my best girlfriends from the second grade. Her name is Jackie. One day I told Joe all about my NDE. Joe was so surprised and thrilled, and for the first time I found someone who wanted to know every detail, and he made me promise that it was all true. He loved it, and he said that he would die first, just like his dad had, and one of his brothers before him had. I said, no way. I will die first, Joe, because I'm sick and having surgery now, and you're young and healthy. I said, anyway, my mom used to say that she would live to see the holy war of the biblical revelation begin or take place and my mom said that I will more than likely die at age 41, and she would laugh about it. So I told Joe that I will be the one who dies first, at 41 years of age, and that I will play practical jokes on him from heaven. So I said, 
You remember this discussion, Joe, and if you promise that you believe in God and Jesus, and that you know them as you have said, and that you know that I can fly, I promise you I will be dead at forty-one years of age. And he said, laughing, I would just like to see your face if all of this comes true, and you, Jennifer, can make flower arrangements with blue for my funeral. So I agreed, and I said, Joe, if you die at forty-one, send me the publisher's clearinghouse van with a check for ten million dollars, because, with all the medical bills I have, I sure could use it. I thought no more of it until last June of 2007, when Joe sat down at the age of 41 years of age and died without any forewarning, except what we had discussed over 16 years ago. And after his death, every possible practical joke Joe could play on me, he did. Until I remembered our agreement. Also, my dad and his sister went into the hospital three years ago, and of course it was that same ECM hospital where I was born. They both had multiple NDEs, and my aunt, my dad's sister, told me that she was going back over there where all of her people were just waiting for her. She told me things she had no way of possibly knowing about my personal life at that time, especially in her older age and not having been in contact with me or my dad for a couple of years. However, she told me of her own NDE. She told me the exact order of her and her husband's death, and of my dad's and my own mom's and brother's deaths. And yes, they all occurred in the order that she revealed to me from her hospital bed in ECM Hospital. I seem to have become an NDE magnet since my own experience. So to make a long story short, if there are only 774 NDEs a day in the USA, that's fine by me. As I do not have time for much more of this stuff. When people are dying of cancer in the hospital or wherever they are and are uncomfortable about leaving this physical world, they seem to be much happier whenever I visit them. It seems that I am going to be around a lot longer than I initially wanted to be. That does it for Jennifer's NDE. What I found interesting was that she brought up the estimated 774 NDEs that take place a day in the U.S. That is over 280,000 a year in the United States alone. I believe that they may be becoming a bit more frequent, but I digress. Anyway, let us know what you thought in the comment section below. Until next time, stay safe and continue to be blessed.